In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the everyone and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own band Helsinki. With me, my co-hosts, all the way from East Bridgewater, the Queen of East Bridgewater herself, the Blonde Bombshell, and Kerrigan. Well, good evening. Actually, it's the Blonde Bombshell all the way from Fox News. Really? <laughs> yeah, I just ran in the door, literally. We had a tour of the Fox News studio today with our kids from the EBC TV Club. Oh, isn't that so special? It was special, and we met Maria Stefanos. Stefanos. Oh, so special. It is. And Mark Uckerbloom. It was pretty cool. I've been here about three times. Well, la-di-da. I've been there twice. <laughs> yeah, but I was in the air. <laughs> oh, well. Pardon me. I was just behind the scenes today. Oh, well. I would have been able to stay for the uh, to see the newscast this evening, but I had to come home and be on Ghost Chronicles, which is... No, you didn't. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Well, it's too late now, isn't it? <laughs> too late. <laughs> Anyways, um, let's see. Anything new? Oh, my goodness. What's I know new? you did an investigation. We did. We did an investigation. <laughs> uh, last Friday night, just locally, little Loki, local place. I know, you know, this is all out of joint because I didn't invite you. I'm sorry. Sure you are. I am. It, yeah. Well, <laughs> it's a long story. It's a long story about this house, and I really can't go into it on the air, and it was just... Uh, of um, the condition that it was in. Let's just leave it at that. Um, no doubt haunted. Uh, we had a couple no of... No doubt. No doubt. Haunted by the stuff or by the... Uh, <laughs> both. <laughs> no, a lot of, uh, lot of stuff going on there. Um, and had like a paper, like a folded up paper fly off the table and... Like somebody Ooh, threw it to the floor. Paper fly off the table. That must be paranormal right there. There was no wind. Believe me. It was up on the third floor in a little teeny hallway. And we all heard it hit the ground. Uh, but anyways, it was just uh, rather strange. Rather strange. But, yeah, it was a cool investigation. But 
Okay. I have to leave it at that. I actually got some really well. We have a guest on today, so I don't want to uh, yeah. get too much in the chit chat. Oh, and, and listen, somebody, Mister, went to a cemetery without me. So let's not, you know, get our knickers too much in a bunch. I, I don't know what you're talking about. You went to a cemetery without me. And, and where's my contract? Is so I can. Well, right. Uh, well, I can do an investigation without you. I know you do. You can do a cemetery without me. Evidently. But anyways, what were you going to say? Nothing. I think we have a great guest on the show tonight. <laughs> he is. He is. Uh, <laughs> wow. He is um, Mr. Gettysburg himself. Uh, he's an author of like six trillion books. Anytime there's any kind of documentary on Gettysburg, you'll find his lovely mug there. He is none other than Mr. Mark Nesbitt. Hey, Mark. Hey, Ron. How you doing? Uh, could be better. <laughs> Hi, Mark. It's Hi, only Anne. because I improved his evening so much. That's all. <laughs> A little controversy always helps, you know? That helps the uh, people listening. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and we have to say hi to all our um, our new friends in the Para-X well, I'm actually in the Pararex thing now, and it seems like there's a fight for the server going on, so I have no oh, clue no. what's happening on there. Oh, well, if they hear us, hello. If they don't, we'll catch you next week, right? Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, evidently we're not on anymore. Anyway, um, not about us. It's about Mark. <laughs> yes, so, Mark, I mean, you, you – I, I mean, whenever I think of Gettysburg, and I've said this to – Millions of people, and, and I do mean millions, uh, that any time I think of Gettysburg, I think of you, because I, I don't think there is a greater authoritarian on the uh, ghost of Gettysburg than uh, Mr. Not Mark Nesmus. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, since I know everything. But I... well, well, thanks, Ron. I, I appreciate the uh, the plug there. <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, actually was kind of lucky because I went my first uh, – uh, job at Gettysburg was with the National Park Service as a ranger historian. So I spent about six or seven years actually out on the battlefield talking to people, uh, giving uh, giving tours, you know, at the, the different sites. I got a chance to live in four of the the historic buildings out on the battlefield. In fact, one of them, speaking of cemeteries, was in the National Cemetery, the Cemetery Lodge. We lived in there, and that was a uh, very interesting place. I had a couple of uh, experiences, unexplainable experiences in that particular house. But uh, I also had an opportunity to talk to some of the older park rangers and, of course, was there when uh, people would come in with their ghost stories fresh off the battlefield. And that actually was the genesis of my of my first book, Ghosts of Gettysburg, um, that took about 10, 12 years after I left the Park Service to pull all those stories together that I've been taking notes on for all those years and come up with the uh, first book. But that, uh, so I was kind of lucky having had kind of an insider or inside track on uh, the, uh, on the ghost lore there at Gettysburg. Wow. I I can't even imagine all those years and years and just hearing all those stories. Yeah, it was, and it was kind of interesting because we would hear the stories. uh, People would come up and want to, want to, 
share their ghost stories with us. And finally, we had to ask the bosses. We were like, "What? Uh, what do we tell them?" And mm-hmm. so they put their heads together and they they said, "Okay, you tell the people that there are no such things as ghosts, and there certainly aren't oh. any ghosts here at Gettysburg." Oh, so, my God! So it was funny because. <laughs> I would be, we'd be standing behind the information desk, and someone would come in with a puzzled look on their face, and they said, "I just had a, the weirdest experience." Mm. Are there any ghosts here at Gettysburg? And we'd look at each other, and one of us would say, "Well, there are no such things as ghosts. There certainly aren't any here at Gettysburg." We'd look around to see if there were any bosses, and if there weren't, then we'd be like, "Why? Tell us what happened." What happened? <laughs> oh. So we get the stories anyhow, one way or the other, but. Uh, that was, you know, they, that's, that was the official uh, party line that there no no ghosts at Gettysburg. In the meantime, I uh, over the last, jeez, uh, it's been 20 years since uh, Ghost, of, Ghost of Gettysburg came out. Over the last 20 years, I've collected well over a thousand stories wow. uh, on the battle on the battlefield and the town, of course, because that was part battlefield as well. So I haven't published them all. I still have a file cabinet filled with stories from people who uh, uh, had experiences. Wow. So there may be a Ghost of Gettysburg 8. We just came out with 7 <laughs> last year. <laughs> wow. There could be another one. I also want to do, want to do a book now because since 19, uh, about 94 or 95, we've been doing the uh, investigations. And we've literally done hundreds of investigations and then turned that into teaching weekends. <laughs> but I also want to do a... Uh, book on the ghosts of Gettysburg, the investigations, because that's a whole, as you know, that's a whole new side of this, uh, this field, uh, rather than just the stories, which I consider data, you know, the raw data. When the people come to me, you mm-hmm. can determine how many happened during the day, you know, uh, how many were auditory, how many were visuals, but the uh, investigations, it gives you a situation where you can experiment, and, and certainly Gettysburg is a great place to experiment and of course we have the the house there that we run the ghost tours out of that was there at the time of the battle with uh, uh three or four resident ghosts and uh usually one or two transient spirits that roll through when we're doing investigations yeah i'm glad you mentioned that because a lot of people don't understand that about the transient spirits but the ghosts uh street ghosts as i like to call them and those are the ones that just pop in that really have nothing to do with the location or or anything. That's, yeah, that's true. And we run into that all the time. And we, we do know, uh, since it's almost like a laboratory, because we do run into the same spirits all the time. There's Mrs. Kitzmiller, who owned the house from 1866 to uh, the early 20th century, owned it longer than anybody. And then there's Hank, who is a uh, Confederate <laughs> soldier who goes on duty. Uh, at night, my my daughter Katie r- literally ran into him one night, <laughs> and uh, so did Julie, one of our uh, one of our people who was working the desk. She she forgot her lunch and went back there and, and bumped right into the guy. And uh, then we we have children, a couple of children. We have a great photo of one of the children that uh, uh, Jeff Ritzman took. I don't know if you've seen that, uh, Ron, or not. But uh, is that the we, daylight? Is that the daytime one? Well, that was it was taken at night. Okay. And, um, yeah, I was taken in one room. It was funny. Typical uh, uh, paranormal investigation, I'm sure this has happened to you guys, they knew about the children in the house. Mm-hmm. And so they set up in the front room, and as they're setting up, they hear children playing in the back room. Oh. So they tear down, and they go into the back room, and they're getting all set up there, and they hear children playing in the front room. <laughs> <laughs> so the one guy got smart. He set up in the middle room. 
those darn and kids. taking photos. <laughs> and, boy, he got a great photo of a, just a little child with sus- wearing suspenders and, you know, a little, little, you can see his head. He's his oversized head, you know, how all kids have. So uh, that that was uh, those are those are our pretty much our resident spirits there but we've gotten uh spirits that uh for I hear ghost we'll dogs have, yeah we have got <laughs> ghost dogs <laughs> we have got we have um a priest that oh. visits periodically really and yeah and he was going he he showed up one time and then other times they're trying to get a hold of him you know and he's not there and one of our mediums will say no nah, there's no priest here tonight you know so it's a pretty interesting uh, uh, situation there when and, and it also gives us an opportunity as you know ron because you've been there to do a lockdown i mean we can set equipment up there lock it down which i've done uh, some nights and and really um been in a situation where we've Put it overall. Put it in overall overnight. Gone back and and retrieved the equipment. It had, for example, record. You know, voices recorded on the uh, recorders overnight mm-hmm. with no one in the building. So mm-hmm. mm. pretty pretty interesting. Nice. Yeah, you know what's really interesting is uh, my paranormal study group. Uh, I can't remember. It was probably a couple of months ago. Uh, we actually did a remote investigation of Mark's place, close to Gettysburg headquarters. That's right. And no, they didn't know where they were going. I mean, because we did it by Skypes, and and Mark set up a, the camera and set up some experiments, and we were able to get some interesting information that that matched the location. Nice. We kind of kind of got skunked on our experiments there, and we were trying to. I had some pendulums set up, yep. and we didn't. None, none of those moved. But you know what? That's I, I consider even uh, when when you when you get skunked, I consider that valuable because that means you're not faking anything. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If I wanted to, do, I, could, I was sitting right next to him. If I wanted to, I could have tapped the table. Mm-hmm. But why do right. that? I mean, you know, that's that's not. Uh, you know, you don't you don't gain any knowledge. From from cheating, yeah. Right. But I mean, we did pick up. I mean, the group did pick up certain things about the ghosts that were there that actually matched the location, right? That's what made it the most interesting for me because they were actually talking about some of the spirits that, that were that were present, or that that are that are uh, are, are normal ghosts that are there. No, I, I love that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that. Well, speaking of norm, quote unquote, normal ghosts. Um, we have a question from the chat room. Do people ever report any ghost encounters that are not connected to the battle? So that must oh, be, yeah. I guess. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I'm okay. trying to think of some right now, but yeah, they, uh, well, for example, one of the earliest ghost stories I heard was about Devil's Den, and uh, which is a famous battle landmark. This happened before the battle, and uh-huh. uh, two fellas were out hunting. And they got lost because there were no roads out there at the time. And they uh, were, were kind of like uh, wandering around. It was getting dark. All of a sudden they looked up and there was a, there was a figure. And he's motioning to them to, uh, you know, come this way. And so they started following him. And he led them out and they went to thank him and he disappeared. Oh, wow. So that's, that's one that's, uh, that, is, that has nothing to do with the battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the very first ghost stories of the battle took place uh, and was witnessed by the soldiers themselves. Oh. As they were marching the 5th Corps, which contained uh, the famous 20th Maine. Uh, Joshua Chamberlain fought 
you know, commanded the 20th Maine, Gettysburg. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, um, it was a night march. They, they had to march uh, overnight on July 1st. And all of a sudden, this weird rumor uh, started coming back through the lines that there was a horseman up ahead of them that, that they had never seen, was one of the officers. But, he, but he kinda, they knew he was a military man because of the way he rode, and he was in a uniform. Huh? But the only problem is the uniform was of a previous war, was of the Revolutionary War because he had a tricorn hat. And, <laughs> and as they got closer, you know, he'd, he'd ride away, and then they'd get closer and ride away. And all of a sudden, these guys started realizing they'd seen this face before, and they identified it as George Washington. Took really? it as a good omen, you know, a harbinger, a good omen that he was going to lead them into the battle to save the country. <laughs> so that was the wow. very that is the very first ghost story of Gettysburg that I know, and it came right from the soldiers. Wow. Hmm. I mean, that's that's kind of cool, actually. But uh, we were actually talking about. I mean, we we have all this equipment, and uh, we we do. You know, the, some of the best, I guess, evidence. You know, is not captured by equipment and stuff. It's captured by the stories, independent stories through the years or, or through different uh, people who have not met each other or know nothing about it. Some of the, uh, that is really the best evidence that we collect. Uh, I agree. I, I think, you know, we can, you know, it, because that's your data, that you, your raw data that you can start to pull things out of. For example, one of the first ghost stories that uh, I'd heard about uh, Gettysburg College, I think I've told you this story before, Ron, the one of Pennsylvania Hall. Oh, I now, love that one. Yes, I love yeah, that story. Yeah, very briefly, it's about, uh, you know, Pennsylvania Hall was used as a, as a hospital during the time of the battle. Fast forward to the 1980s, and two friends of mine who worked at the college were, working late one night, they got in the elevator to uh, leave, and the elevator went past the first floor exits and went right down into the basement where the doors opened onto a hospital scene of the Civil War. They <laughs> couldn't get the doors to close. They keep seeing these men lying around in bloody heaps. One oh. surgeon was getting ready to operate. Uh, an orderly came towards them as if to say, let me on the contraption you're on to get me out. And finally, the doors closed. They went up, got the security guy, guard who th- thought he was going to get a, catch a fraternity doing a prank mm-hmm. with, ke- with ketchup and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. So they rushed right over there within a couple of minutes, went down into the uh, basement, and it was cleaned up. It wow. was There was absolutely nothing, no, no, uh, and no chance for anyone to clean it up either because it was only a couple minutes, and the mess that was down there looked like a hospital. Well, the interesting <laughs> part is I ran into somebody and interviewed her, who had the same experience. Wow. Uh, within a year or two of that experience. Just recently, I got an email from a guy who was kind of beating around the bush asking about that. And I said, I told him the story, and I said, why, what is your interest? He says, my brother-in-law had the same experience. Wow. So there are four different sources, three different occurrences. So that kind of ties in with what you were saying there, Ron, that the stories. I mean, you know, that, that's the source, mm-hmm. you know, because you can't, not everybody carries a, a K2 meter around in their pocket. Right. You know, no. you know what I mean? And uh, so no, be honest with you, Mark, it, 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 we're not really sure of all this equipment that we have. You know, we, we love to say it's scientific, but, I mean, we're really not sure of the value of it in, in, in reality. I mean, a lot of people walk around with this stuff, and they have no clue what it does even. You know right. what I mean? And, 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 and if it's even effective. Mm-hmm. 
Well, yeah, and I, I agree. You know, if if you know, all it does is is, is measure anomalies. Okay, mm-hmm. if you're if you don't know how to use it, you're going to get anomalies. It's going to K two meter is going to spike when you go towards a wall. Well, that's because there's electricity, right. electrical connections in the wall. In the wall. If, <laughs> if you're in the middle of a room or the middle of a field, and it's and the thing hasn't moved, all of a sudden goes it goes bonkers, you may have something there, you know, that that's a possibility because, but the other interesting thing is how many times do people, you know, walk, you know, they'll be walking in, the, say, the triangular field there at Gettysburg near dusk, and all of a sudden, wham, they get a cold chill, and uh-huh. it's, a, it's been a 90-degree day, and, you know, your skin is the best thermometer you, you possibly could, could find, and then all of a sudden they see something right. that's out of place, you know, uh, you can't discount that. No, you I mean, can't say because they not. didn't get it on a meter right. that it's that it's false. You can't. Mm-hmm. In, in reality, we are the best ghost detector, and I mean, we I agree. we have we have I mean, you know, there's only a small portion of our brain that's probably that way that we even know what it does. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> right. it, it. We have so much. I mean, we we've got that. That instinct, whatever you want to call it, ESP, psychic ability, whatever it is, but we all have that in some degree or another. I mean, we can we can detect when people get close to us at times, right? Somebody gets a little too close for you, you, you don't you tense sure. up sometimes? Right. We, right. we really don't know what our bodies can do or how sensitive they are to us, so we really are great ghost detectors, to be honest with you. Well, there's you know a, there, you feel. Oh, I'm sorry, Ann, go ahead. I was going to say, I mean, you know how you feel. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, that's that's well, that. There's a, uh, a scientist, Rupert Sheldrake, who wrote a book called "The Sense of Being Stared At," and he proved it scientifically that people automatically know when they're being stared at. You know, in other words, he put a person in a room, put a door in on the outside of the room with a with a peephole in it, and periodically mm-hmm. somebody would look in at at the guy whose back was to the door, and all of a sudden the guy would turn around. He, you know, more times than was just could have been by guessing or average. And so, um, and we, how many times do you collect a ghost story, Ron, when you hear somebody say, you know, I was in this place and all of a sudden I felt like somebody was staring at me. I was being watched. Right. I mean, I get it all the time. I hear them all the time. Mm Exactly. Right. Mark, we have a question. Oh, I'm sorry. Were you done? I'm sorry. Yes. Go ahead. Okay. We have a question from the chat room uh, from Stephen Scott. And he'd like to know, are there specific times of the year, such as an anniversary or remembrance, where activity is more frequently recorded? Uh, well, we like to, you know, the, the, the anniversary of the Battle of Gettysburg is July 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. And, of course, the 4th of July is right after that. So that's a pretty big weekend uh, at Gettysburg. A lot of people have the day off, you know, so they come up for a long weekend. Um, so that kind of... It, it, it kind of negates the fact that we get a lot of reports over the anniversary because there are just so many more people there to witness it. Right. You know right. what I mean? I, I don't – so I, it, that's hard to answer. That's a very good question, but it's hard to answer. You would think that at, at the anniversary of the battle you would yeah. have many more sightings, but we get so many people at that time of year. There's you know, it's interesting, too, Mark, if you just do it astronomically, I mean, the anniversary is really never the anniversary. It's it's always been different because of leap years and everything else. I mean, in reality, even uh, second-wise, the, the time is always off. It has to be readjusted. So in real 
scientific, the anniversary is really never the real anniversary. In other words, the calendar date is not the same as the original anniversary. Right, and you also have situations where the people, um, the soldiers, would return to Gettysburg time and time and time and time again. Uh, it was almost, it was an obsession with many of them. So, and now that they're dead, they don't have to take that excruciatingly long train trip, you know, from Massachusetts <laughs> to, to Gettysburg, you know. They can get there a lot quicker than that. So you just wonder how many of them, you know, revisit the battle, uh, battlefields. You know, mm-hmm. as uh, being you know being young again, uh, the place where that that affected their lives more than anything. Right. Exactly, and, and you know that's the other interesting thing you talked about being young again. It, it's it, you know there's so much we really don't know about the uh, the other side that we, you know we have our theories, but we we really can't prove them. I mean, for instance. Uh, Maureen uh, made contact with, I believe it was, uh, God, not Ben Franklin, who's the other guy, I don't know, a famous forefather, let's put it that way, which one of the rare occasions that I ever heard of that uh, when I was investigating. But anyways, and he, he, she said uh, when he made contact that he was 57. Well, he died when he was 80, and so the reporter said, well, you know, everybody else, she was wrong. But... I've learned this through the past that that mediums, especially mediums, when they make contact with spirits, spirits will show themselves at a certain time in their lives. In other words, they're not re, they're not restricted to the age they died or or anything else. They they, they show uh, themselves to uh, you know whatever they, they want to get across. Um, you know, for instance, why you know why aren't there more naked ghosts? And the, and the reason is that they show themselves close. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's a, it's a thought form, you know. And uh, yeah. what happens is that you, uh, you know, from <laughs> you kind of put yourself in in your in your happy zone, you know. When when I uh, this is my theory, my thought. Mm-hmm. When you come back, uh, for example, one of Julie uh, was one of our mediums and. Uh, and Lane, they were doing a past yep. life regression, and it was in the in the back room of our building there on the second floor. And I'm up there, and one of them said, "There's someone here for you, Mark." I said, "Oh yeah." Well, we're yeah. gonna have to wait and find out who that was because we have to take a break right now, Mark. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, you have to tune in after the break and find out who that was. So you are listening to Ghost Chronicles: Next Generation with the Blonde Bomb herself, Shell herself. <laughs> Ian Kerrigan, I can't even talk. What's in this tea? Uh, New England's own Van Helsing, Ron Kolick, and our very special guest, Mr. Knock, Knock, Mark <laughs> Nesbitt, blah, blah. And we'll be right back with the following messages. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep into topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world, and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, trishagoyer.com. That's T-R-I-C-I-A-G-O-Y-E-R.com. 
Trisha's vision is to be the voice of hope and possibility for women of all ages. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Living inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. And welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Ann and our special guest, Mark Nesbitt. And right here on Tojinet, and it was supposed to be Pararex, but there was a conflict, evidently. And uh, Ghost Channel 2, I understand, picks up uh, Pararex feed as well. Mark, is that true? I believe so, yeah. That's uh, Lane Crosby's uh, channel, Ghost Channel TV. There you mm-hmm. go. So, she wow. picks it up too. So we we're all waiting with bated breath, uh, Mark. Uh, who was that? It was the right. Interview. Right. You had asked if uh, you know we're we're pondering the uh, situation of how we come back as ghosts mm-hmm. and why you know we can be young again. And I and as I'm sitting there, uh, Julie says, "There's there's somebody here for you, Mark." I said, "Really? Yeah. His name is John. Does that is that anybody?" And I'm like, uh, "Yeah, that's my grandfather. Mm-hmm. My grandfather's name was John." And um, he he was there to pay his respects to me, and he was pleased with me, you know. And I got kind of a little choked up there because, oh. you know, he they came over from uh, the the Eastern Europe, he and my grandmother, and I mean, talk about a gutsy move. And if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be. Who knows where I'd be? I'd be in some gulag somewhere, you know, because I'm a writer, right? They don't like the writers too much in the in the Soviet Union. <laughs> Pardon me? Are you Hungarian? No, they were uh, they were uh, Russian. Oh, Russian. Oh, yeah. okay. So, um, yeah, they can't get many people. I asked her. I said, "Is there any? Uh, do you notice anything different about him?" And th- they said, "No, he's fine." And I and I got a big smile because he had lost his leg in a coal mining accident when he was uh, sixteen. I had never oh. met him, but hmm. uh, he died before I was born. But he, they said, and I told him that, and they said, no, he was healed, which is a great thing to think about. That's all awesome. the infirmities and all, you know, the, the the arthritis and everything we're going through in our 60s, you know, it's all gone. You're young again. Thank Once God. Make the other side. No kidding, yeah. <laughs> we have another question uh, from the chat room. Uh, are most of the uh, Battle of Gettysburg haunting? Residual or intelligent, or are do you think they're an equal combination? Oh, good question. I am going to say that most of them, now this is off the top of my head, I'm going to say most of them are residual. Mm-hmm. Most of them don't have a lot of contact with the uh, individual, living individual. You know, most of them are just sightings. Mm-hmm. Uh Having said that, there are some that stick out that are intelligent, interactive, mm-hmm. hauntings. Uh, so, but but I'm, I'm I have to say most of them are kind of like the Phantom Battalion, you know, the one that that wanders out and out of the woods and marches around, and <laughs> and people are all impressed about it, and you know they try and get their picture, and all of a sudden the thing they march off mm-hmm. and into the woods, they don't get any pictures of it, and they don't. Uh, you know they can't. They they it just disappears. They, there aren't any buses. There aren't any reenactors when they go to visit where they are in camp. There's no encampment, and that's happened. I have at least a half a dozen 
uh, accounts of the phantom battalion or phantom regiment being seen. So, but I have to say that I'm, I'm going to say that most of them are not aware that we are there. Mm-hmm. I've actually heard of reenactors uh, working with people, and all of a sudden they weren't there. Right, I have too. Yeah, I've, I've, I have a couple of accounts of uh, uh, officers rushing to and fro, you know, and, and during the and then all of a sudden they disappear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or they can't find them anymore, you know. And, and reenactors get a lot of uh, uh, activity in their encampments. <laughs> they do. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you're if you're a, a ghost and you're dressed in a Civil War outfit, and all of a sudden you start uh, smelling coffee and bacon, and you look up and you see all these people dressed like you are. Mm. I, might, I might take a wander. And then, there you go. Speaking about that, if you want to see what I look like as a Confederate, you can go onto my Facebook page, uh, Ronald Kolick, and uh, friend me or pretend you friend me, and uh, you can see Richard Felix and myself dressed up as uh, Civil War soldiers. Um Anyways, we have another question from the chat room, it appears, as well. Uh, it looks like, uh, what is that one? I, I, I heard Mark was coming to New England. Is it true? Oh, that, there's another one before oh, that. Oh, there's another one? I already asked about that. Uh, it says, just a general question. Oh. Uh, but, but is there anyone who has undertaken automatic writing at Gettysburg site? Just wondering if, if, there, if you ever heard of it and what the results might be. The the only person I know of, no, I, yes, the, the answer is yes, but the only person I know of that I have actually seen the automatic writing is Patty Wilson, uh, who's a good friend of mine who is also a medium. Yep. She had two situations where that happened, one where she was actually taking notes from this person who was talking to her, and then all of a sudden, a dead person, you know, you always have to, in our field, you always have to indicate whether they're alive or dead. <laughs> That's dead true. It's very true, perhaps. <laughs> and her handwriting changed. And it was like completely different. Uh, the 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 grammar was wrong, you know. She's just a writer, so she could, you know. The other time was when she was using a uh, speech, like a dictation type of a thing, into her computer, where it would she would speak something and it would write. Oh yeah, like uh, Dragon, uh, whatever. Yeah, it was yeah, natural yeah. speak or whatever it is. Yeah. So she was dictating into the computer, and all of a sudden she got called away. There was a phone call or something. And she left, and she was in our building, which was occupied by uh, soldiers. And when she came back, there were, I think, three words on the computer. It said, I fight, F-I-G-H-T, eight, as in the number, which if you're familiar with the the, uh, uh, Civil War, you realize that that probably was a regimental number. Oh, right. Massachusetts, 8th, mm-hmm. Connecticut, 8th, whatever. Right. So, but uh, that that's a new brand of automatic writing, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's really Really, that's cool. Now, it's funny you should talk um, about the experiences specifically with reenactors, because I have very good friends of mine who are Civil War reenactors, and they stayed at the Cashtown Inn um, a few years ago. And Mark does a lot of events down there. Yeah. yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah. We're, there we do our Mysterious Journeys weekends with the Cash Town. Ah, yeah. And and he um, actually, and it's funny because you mentioned Joshua Chamberlain, too, who is uh, my friend Dale. It's it, He actually has a portrait of Chamberlain hanging in his uh, dining room. Ah. I mean, he's a, an enormous 
Civil War. He runs a Civil War roundtable. He's a Civil War buff. So uh, it is funny that you mentioned Chamberlain because he's one of his favorite, uh, you know, people from the Civil War. So they're staying at the Cashtown Inn, and actually Dale's wife, Carol, had an experience um, in <laughs> in the bed. <laughs> um but as she was sleeping, she felt like someone was actually, um, you know, pushing down on her chest, and she felt like someone was choking her. Mm. And when they checked in there, she had no idea. They didn't know that it was haunted. Um, they were just, they had just selected this place to stay. <laughs> uh-huh. um, yeah, so, the cash town in is very, very uh, active. Yeah. So that, she, she had quite the paranormal experience there, totally unexpected. And uh, scared the bejesus out of her, but um, yeah, they, I mean, yeah. we have when we do our weekends. You know, the people stay there for two nights, and the first thing we do Saturday morning after we've done our initial investigation of the cellar there at the Cash Town Inn, which no one gets to go into unless you're with us, uh-huh. uh, uh, they um, we go around the room and say, "Well, did anything happen?" <laughs> and and most of the people have some kind of weird experience. If they don't have it that night, Friday night, they have it Saturday night. <laughs> then the same thing, you know, maybe the bed depressing next to them and nobody's mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Footsteps, big-time footsteps down the hall mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah, I mean, you you also run the Ghost of Gettysburg Tours as well, don't you, Mark? Correct, Ron, yes. And uh, are those year-round or are they? It, usually during the spring, summer, and fall. Uh, up until the 19th or 20th of, of November, uh, it gets real, real quiet. I mean, we could run the tours in December, January, February, but nobody would be on them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, nobody alive anyway. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, yeah, we may have a few, but you can't charge them. You know, they're, they're the show. So, uh, but no, the uh, um, we no one's in Gettysburg, and so it's it's it gets cold, and people think of Gettysburg as a summer destination anyhow. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Which is interesting because it, who knows? There could be a lot of activity, paranormal activity, out on the battlefield. I know I've gotten a lot of. I got I got uh, forty four minutes of EVP one snowy winter night. Wow! In that, in that back room, yeah. yeah. That's amazing. I mean, you are so lucky. I mean, you have a uh, you know a great haunted location, a laboratory that you can investigate at any times. Uh, you know. It, I mean, you're a lucky man, Mr. Nesbitt. Yeah, well, it it is. Like I said, like I started off, I said I was lucky, and I still am. You know, I'm very lucky because (laughs) we do have that uh, uh, haunted, and we really didn't, I I didn't know it was haunted when I bought it. I was going to ask you that. You didn't know, huh? No, no, I'd heard, you know, I I talked to the people who were renting it, you know, are there any ghosts here? And they kind of looked at each other and said, well, we've had some experiences, but it it wasn't rumored in Gettysburg to be haunted, so... And, and, you know, you talk about a summer destination. Guess who was supposed to go to Gettysburg at the end of this week? Me. Oh, well. What happened? Had to cancel. We were, oh, we, we had planned um, well, almost a year in advance to go on a motorcycle trip with our group uh, down. And, uh, unfortunately, uh, my husband's laid off. So money is not. But that's not a problem because, you know what? 
I'm bringing what? Gettysburg here. Mark oh, that's Nesbitt, right. Mark Nesbitt's going to be here on the 23rd, the 24th, and the 25th to New England, and he doesn't normally come to New England, so we are extremely happy to bring him here. He's going to be doing a ghost hunt at the Old Manse, which I know you've been at, uh, Anne, and it's a, it's a historic landmark and right on the battlefield as well, and uh, he's doing a goat crew, uh, yeah, goat <laughs> Boat crews out of uh, Portsmouth, and he's also doing Dying is Dead up in Wyndham. So, uh, yeah, you can see Gettysburg in New England. So well, that's kind of cool. That's, that's good. Then you saved my summer trip. There you go. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. That This should be fun. Um, I had a, uh, uh, a housemate when I lived in Gettysburg who his next assignment was Minuteman, which is oh, the Concord, okay. Lexington. And so right. one of the places that he, he used to uh, – uh, be in and guard was the old man's. Oh, nice. So, uh, actually, I've actually been in there, I, and I know I asked them if there were any ghost stories. This, of course, this was before I was collecting too many of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, I know he told me a couple, but I cannot remember the stories that he told me. That it well, we're, not gonna, we're not going to, uh, you know, get, give you too much information, but I, I'll tell you, that is one of the, the neatest places for actually physical activity that I've experienced. And one of the things I will say is there was a bookstore there, and I was addressing 35 people for a ghost hunt, and uh, right in front of all of them, from behind me, a book came off the bookcase and flew by me into the crowd. So it didn't, like, drop off. It just flew by me right in front of 35 people, Mac. Uh, that's great. Maybe that's great. Maybe, maybe the Hawthorns didn't like your book. Yeah, who, who doesn't like my book? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding, yeah. We but have another question. We, we do. Yes. Um, wait, wait. Uh, I, now I lost it. Um, oh, what has uh, Mark? What has been your best experience on the uh, Gettysburg battlefield? I, I think they're oh, wow. talking about. I think they're talking about paranormal. Nothing will. Oh, 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 that changes. Okay, I have to readjust my thinking here. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's. I lived there for thirty, thirty-five years. You know, so it's kind of tough to to pin it down. There've been many. I think one of the weirdest things that ever happened to me happened to me out at the Daniel Lady Farm. Oh, that's a good place. Yeah, well, you've been there, and, and I'm sure you've heard, remember the story, Ron, of one time. I love that story. I, I retell that story. It's absolutely phenomenal. you you got to say it. I got a phone call from the caretaker out there one afternoon, and he just left a message. He says, Mark, if you want to see a paranormal experience happening before your eyes, come on out to the farm. Uh, who can resist that, right? All the gear right. goes in the van, and out I go. So I get out there, and um, I walk in the front door. And he said, you're going to have to, he said, I'm not going to say anything. I just want you to come into this room. So I walk into the front room, which was used as the hospital operating room. And I'm looking around, and all of a sudden I look down on the floor. And there are these, these rust-colored streaks of liquid flowing seemingly towards the, um, the fireplace. On the outside was like a clear serum, and then there were droplets all around that seemed to be crystallizing. And I'm looking, and I looked up at the ceiling. I thought maybe a pipe had broken and rusty water had come down. I said, what is this? He says, I have no idea. 
He said it just appeared. We had some Confederate reenactors in here yesterday. I was taking them around. Then this appeared this morning. A couple other people have seen it, and I wanted to get you out of here. So I'm filming all this, right, and wow. taking photos. I said, do you have a, a tissue? He said, sure. So I dipped the tissue into this liquid, right, and I put it in a baggie. I said, geez, my, you know, I'm done here, I guess. He says, well, I'm, I'm going to head out to the fields. i got some work to do. I said, okay. So an hour or so later, I get another phone call, and it's this guy, the caretaker. He says, Mark, it's gone. Yeah. I said, what? What are you talking about? He said, it's gone. I came back in from the fields. I walked in the room. It's gone. So I rushed back out, and uh, I uh, took, took my cameras and everything. He didn't want to be on the camera, but he said it was right here. You can see him bending down. He says it was right here, and he put his hand on, on the spot where the liquid was, trying to feel if it was damp, and he turned his hand over, and there was a thin coating of dust on his fingers. Wow. I'm like, wait, what the hell is going on here? Am I in a time warp or something? <laughs> and my wife, Carol, was there, and she said, what about the sample? So we ran out to the car. The sample was intact. Excellent. We sent this to one of the more prestigious um, crime labs in the country, mm-hmm. and three weeks later we got the results. The liquid was blood. Mm. The species was human. Oh. Wow. <laughs> wow. That- was probably the weirdest thing that's ever happened to me at Gettysburg because it was like a time warp. It was like it was backwards. Not to mention the fact that, you know, people might say, well, he cleaned it up, you know, while, he, while you were gone. Well, there was dust on his hands. And there I can show you blood stains on that floor and that wooden floor that had been there for 150 years. Wow. Blood doesn't come out. Right. No. I mean, oh, imagine fact, if it, we could get DNA from that yeah, right, right. and trace it. Ah, oh, how cool would that be? That'd be interesting, but, you know, of course, you'd have to you'd be like a reverse DNA because right. you'd have to trace it back to uh, mm-hmm. the country when it was one-tenth its size. Mm-hmm. And not only that, I mean, you think of all the people that down, you'd have to have samples of DNA from any of them, which would right. be, you I'm, know, just, but, I'm just saying. I'm not saying. Yeah, well, you know what? You're talking like a blonde, right? Oh, shut up. Well, it's, now, it's interesting. And I'll defend you because if you could get the DNA or you get some cells or something and all of a sudden clone the soldier. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right. Talking, huh? <laughs> yeah. And then the, uh, the, there you the, go, Ron. Yeah. And then the uh, little green men would come down and take them and <laughs> do an animal probe and, and everything will be fine. Oh, I, I do it with my tinfoil hat, of course. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Which I keep with me at all times. <laughs> and, and anyways, we have to take a short break now because we have to play another one of uh, my favorite girl, Vala Ventura's episodes of Beyond Bazaar. The Ghost Ship. Nautical lore is rife with stories of ghost ships. One of the oldest and most celebrated of these stories, the tale of the Sarah, started with a lover's quarrel. The year was 1812, and two young sailors, George Leverett and Charles Jose, set out from their native Portland, Maine to South Freeport to build and stock a ship they planned to use for trading in the Indies. It was there that the pair met and fell in love with Sarah Suley. Both men vied for the lady's attention, but in the end, it was Leverett who won her hand in marriage. Dejected and angry, Jose disappeared. It wasn't until Leverett was married and his rig, the Sarah, was sailing due south that Jose reemerged as captain of an unmarked ship that was trailing the Sarah. 
Spooked, Leverett and his crew changed course, hoping to report Jose to the British Admiralty, but they never made it. Jose's ship fired its cannons, killing all the other ship's crew and nearly sinking the Sarah. Miraculously, Leverett was not killed, so the vengeful Jose jumped onto the deck of the Sarah, tied the captain to the mast, and set him out to sea. Leverett resigned himself to death. He was floating on an open sea in an unmanned and badly damaged vessel. It was then that the truly astonishing began to happen. Leverett watched, horrified, as his crew slowly came back to life, resuming their posts one by one. The pale and silent crew then started guiding the ship toward home. Leverett lost consciousness. The ghost crew sailed the ship safely all the way to Potts Point, Wales. Onlookers from the shore reported that one foggy day, a dilapidated but fully rigged ship materialized from the gloom and came to a full stop. An apparently lifeless man was then lowered from the ship onto a smaller boat and rowed to shore. The crew, silent and pallid, never said a word. Once their cargo was safely laid on a rock, they returned to the ship and slowly sailed away. The ship was never to be seen again. Captain Leverett regained consciousness and lived to tell the tale. A terrifying tale from the Book of the Bazaar, available wherever books are sold. I'm sure you do. <laughs> I'm no doubt. Did we lose, Mark? <laughs> no, I'm still here. That's, that's <laughs> All right, Mark. We need to get a, a website for Mark to uh, send out to uh, our fans here. Actually, we have one on our, our page, which is whatever it is. Ghost um, Chronicles-Next Generation on Facebook. That would be it. And uh, like well, us if you want to or pretend to or whatever. <laughs> you know, we only need two more likes to get to 300. Whoopie doo. Ooh, come on, hop on there, like us. What do we win? What do we win? <laughs> the undying admiration of our fans. Oh. <laughs> come all on. Right, whatever. Come whatever. on now. But it's anyway. all about the numbers, isn't it? Okay. What about the people who are listening, Ron, who don't see our little web page? Mark could tell them. That's right. That's right. Well, there you go. Think, you know, all of our, uh, everything we do is is posted on ghostsofgettysburg.com. Okay. Yes, we have we have the upcoming weekend up in Massachusetts. We have our Mysterious Journeys weekend, our uh, Spirit Quest weekends that we do in the wintertime. And we do stuff in the winter. You know, you have to do something to draw people to Gettysburg, you know, in the mm-hmm. winter. And that's some of the stuff that we do, those, those Mysterious Journeys weekends. And uh, uh, Spirit Quest weekends we do at the James Gettys Hotel. We're, oh, cool. gonna be, we're having a lecture series, too, I hope. I'm trying to get this together. Uh, a lecture series this winter as well. Uh, in a haunted place in Gettysburg, <laughs> cool. and uh, and uh, it, it'll have to do you know the the topics will be everything that has to do with the paranormal. <laughs> so um, and then of course our regular tours that are going on now and the hours for that, and then our tours in Fredericksburg, Virginia as well. We do tours down there too. Oh my God, you are such a busy boy. That's awesome. Oh, so sad I can't go to Gettysburg. Oh. Uh, you know, and that's too bad, Anne, because, you know, this uh, the the little secret for, to Gettysburg is that the best time to come is the first three weeks in June mm-hmm. and the first three weeks in September because it's right in between the, you know, Memorial Day and the 4th of July when it gets really, really busy. Kids are still getting in and out of school, so mm-hmm. uh, keep that in mind. Well, you know maybe, what, Mark? maybe by September I'll have money. <laughs> no, no, no. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. What we're gonna do, Ann, 
yes. is that you and I will take a Ghost Chronicles group to okay. Gettysburg. All right. How about that, Mark? There you go. Yeah, sounds that great. That was for me. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, I'll have to talk to you about that. We'll we'll okay. uh, we'll put together a little tour, and we'll Road go trip. to Gettysburg. Road trip. We'll do, there you go. We'll do an investigation of uh, our place for sure. You know, I'll yeah. set that up specially. Yeah, we we we've had. You know, what's interesting is uh, the last time we went down there, and I think it was Richard Phillips was with us. We were uh, we were at the uh, the train house there. What was that? The engine house, yeah. The engine house, and that was that was really amazing because I was interviewing uh, the manager of the place right on camera. So I had my little camcorder and I was interviewing him. And I think uh, Maureen and I think Carol and somebody else, uh, maybe Elaine, I'm not sure. They were in the back, way back where the engines were. And all of a sudden, we heard this huge, deafening bang. You know, I mean, because you could see it on on camera. And we all like stop and look. And then, and I and I think Carol said, "Run! You better come quick." And so I ran away. But the interesting part about it, I mean, we all heard this bang. It was a huge bang, but yet on the on the recorder, it wasn't there. Oh, oh my goodness! Isn't that, that amazing? Weird? Yeah. Well, we we have heard that same type of thing on the cars. There are a couple of you know, and their cars are old. They go back into the very early 20th century, right. and we get on the one, and almost every single time we got on. It, it, it there was a bang. We thought, in fact, we investigated. We thought maybe a, a branch had fallen and hit the roof, but it happened every single time. Really? Yeah. And uh, the closest we came to is one of the uh, uh, one of the mediums using pendulum, using dowsing rods, and intuition came to the conclusion that it was a conductor who had been on duty when a person fell out a door and was mm. killed. And so the conductor makes sure that the door is closed solidly uh, whenever he is there. So oh. that's the slamming that we heard, at least in the uh, on the cars. Oh. There's another interesting thing too, and I don't know if this this is what happened. Of course, I'm just. But when you when you do research on on the paranormal, especially in hauntings, and especially. Oh my God! The pizzas are already. Pizza wow. from the dead. There <laughs> it is. Damn. But anyway, so what I was going to say that a lot of hauntings start with bangs, and huh. there there's just bangs loud, that are heard. Yeah, loud noise. Yeah. Yeah, loud noises, and we don't understand it. And and you know, in, in some instances, like you know, the one you were talking about, yeah, it was the door of the thing. But there are other cases where, uh, you know, a lot of the hauntings they always start with a bang, and and. and yeah. So it's interesting, but anyways, we've we've uh, the pizza's here, so we we got to eat most hot. So uh, <laughs> yep, we, uh, we do want to mention uh, once again that Mark will be up here on the twenty third, twenty fourth, and twenty fifth. You can go to our website, which is inegosproject.com, the letter N, the letter E, ghostproject.com, and all the information's on there. You can go to Mark's site, which is Ghost of Gettysburg. Yeah, did I say that right? Ghostsofgettysburg.com. Oh, my God. I was going to say it right, and I corrected myself. I should just go on with the flow. Mark, we want to thank you so much, and I I can't wait to see you again. Uh, It's always a good time, a lot of fun. Looking forward to it, Ron and Ann. Can't wait to see you. That'll be great. Thanks for having me tonight. Yeah. Take care, Mark. Uh, Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, that flew. Yeah, I guess it did. Well, you know, (laughs) he's fascinating, and he's – wait till you – 
to work with him. The guy's phenomenal. Does great EVPs, gets awesome EVPs, uh, does a great presentation. He's got some good evidence these shows. I mean, so we're doing three events with him. We're doing the Ghost Hunt at the Old Man's, which should be a blast. I mean, I love that place. Uh, we're doing um, a cruise on Sunday The uh, that's out of Portsmouth, and that's a two-hour cruise, and that's going to be cool. And then finally we end up on Monday night at Dining with the Dead up in Wyndham, and he's going to give a presentation there, so... Uh, that's it, it's going to be a blast. That's going to be awesome. I mean, and you know what, Ian? I, 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 I did miss you uh, when I did oh. go cemetery tripping. Aww. Sure. Okay. <laughs> I lied. Um, <laughs> liar. Liar. Got some good stones, though, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I know you did. Yeah, you really did. That's a cool cemetery. <laughs> did you see? There was, I mean, we're just about out of time. But yeah, there we was are. one. Yeah, there was one stone that was like all... I don't know how to say it, but it was like a, a mobilite, or, or they had all these colored streaks going through. It was really weird. I've never seen a stone like that before. Mm-hmm. I'll have to take it there. It's simple as that. Please. There Please. you go. Well. So anyways, it's time to wrap it up. Uh, we didn't debut on uh, Pararex after all. Uh, <sighs> we messed up. But we'll be there next week. So next week. There you go. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you. Good night. God bless. Good night. From goalies to ghosties, 